at the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Norder, Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini Comics, uh, Magazines, Filmation, Jetlag, anything and everything He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, got that Mattel logo on the back that you can think of. Thank you for joining us. This is episode 10 I'm Matthew Dooch. This is Sean Scavarna. <laughs> oh, the, I like the hand, the hand. That was that was very slight of hand. That you. was. I, like I that. forgot which way you were sitting for a second there. So, Sean, how I'm are you I'm always doing forgetting. Today? I am... I'm happy. I don't know. Uh, I'm just happy. I'm trying to make the best of the quarantine, even though I feel like the Bill Murray... Well, it's quarantine day. Quarantine again, day again, basically. But, uh, yeah, I'm here. How about you? I'm here. I'm happy. I'm <laughs> feeling glad I've got sunshine in a bag. Oh. <laughs> Don't take us down, YouTube. I only said it. Spoken word does not count as copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, the way that song sounds, it sounds more spoken word to me, but I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so. the kind of mood I Hey, yeah. had a day off I get today, it. rested, relaxed, and ready to talk some He-Man. And the masters of the universe. You know, <laughs> I don't think we've ever discussed it in full detail. Let's take a second here, because even it hit me even harder tonight for some reason. Um, I watched this episode that we're going to discuss just about an hour ago. And that opening sequence is just pure perfection, man. I mean, every time I watch I'm amazed, but for some reason it hit me tonight. It's like, it's got everything. It's got the, the theme music. It's got the action. It's got the, the, the atmosphere, you know, the purples and the night Eternia, you know, all those colors and... I don't know. It just something hit me tonight, especially about just how amazing that opening is. It tells you everything you need to know. You don't need mm-hmm. to see a single episode. You watch that intro and you're like, okay, I know what's going on here. That's Adam. He becomes He-Man. Cringer Battle Cat. Let's kick some villain butt. You know? Yeah, it's, it's true. It, it, it is a, it's a hugely succinct way to get everybody on board, no matter where you jump onto this mm-hmm. franchise. Mm-hmm. And it, it's brilliant. I mean, it, it back, it, 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 imagine 
Um, go in the Wayback Machine with me for a second, since we're going here. So we're, we're, we're subtracting about 38 years of my life, 30, wow. 30, maybe 37 years of my life. I was in kindergarten. In trouble, then. <laughs> you weren't born. So. <laughs> and and um, I knew about this cartoon yeah. about a year before it aired through some magazine that my parents got me. I remember there was like the fall TV listings in this magazine, and there was one image in it showing He-Man on top of Battle Cat. It's basically like when he jumps on Battle Cat and they have that shot where he, like Battle yeah. Cat rears up. And that was the image they had in it. Sure. So it's the only picture I saw of this show. And I knew there was a He-Man cartoon coming right. that fall. Mine just, my fuzzy little head exploded just going, <laughs> they're making a cartoon of this toy I love. Sure. And for... You know, like I, out of the two of us, you're way more of the filmation fan than I am at Absolutely. times because of you know you you see stuff in this that yeah. I might have overlooked, and this episode's going to be a huge case in point, the one that we're going to talk about sure. tonight. But that intro still packs a wallop when you watch it, whether or not you are a mini comics fan or if you're a filmation person, even if maybe you've never even watch the show you mm -hmm. could put that on and just go what do you think right and watch that because i remember like you know seeing he man you know like you got that oh, yeah. here comes the he man and the masters of the universe and when i was a kid i was like that wasn't what i expected but it was the font and everything and i'm like oh, i'm gonna yeah. ride this out let's see what happens and you know the minute you get the get up to the by the power of grayskull for me as a kid i'm just like yeah yeah, you know, and, and just, it was like every day that was your daily testosterone boost mm -hmm. as a five-year-old, six-year-old as you got older right. watching that thing. And that's and it it said everything you need to know. Well, that's it. That's that's the biggest thing that hits me. It's like you've got all these overdone credit scenes nowadays, or they don't. They either go one, two things. They either don't do anything. They just flash a title card, or they have yeah. like this overdone stuff where it's like dragging out and you're bored, or it's it's like all over the place, or it's like it, it's just it's so simple. It's just Adam talking to the camera. Some you know it's his transformation. It's introducing you know three others and it's showing some villains, and it's just mm -hmm. it's so simple yet so effective. So well, one other thing that I'll say about it mm -hmm. though is. There is something special to it, and and even uh, the Shira one oh, yeah. that not a lot of cartoons did back in those days. Which was when you watched that show, when you sat down to watch that every day, Prince Adam is letting you be one of the extra. Like he has the only three others share this secret, yeah. but he's like, but it's also you, right? And that makes it more special than hardly all of the other stuff mm -hmm. out there. The only other time I could think of where it had that kind of a moment was if you watch the Max Fleischer Superman serials from the 1930s and 40s, mm -hmm. they always have that moment where at the end it'd be like, well, Lois, you know, I can't be yeah, Superman. Right. And then he'd turn at the camera and he'd wink. Yeah, he'd do the wink. And it's yep. like that yep. whole moment there where it's like, you know, I am Adam, Prince of Attorney. It's like he's letting you in mm -hmm. on everything. So it's the whole, you're right. my friend. You're with me on this. Let's have an adventure together. Right. And as a kid, there was this, 
you know, like, I want to be on an adventure with him, man. Absolutely. Let's do this. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it, it made you get pumped for the entire show to, to know he wants you to be his friend too. It's right. I'm, I'm your friend. It's not just, I'm this unreachable hero stereotype or something. It's mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. come with me. Let's yeah. have an adventure. That's you know, I got your back. Right we're going to, we're going to have a good time. I am Adam, know? Prince of Eternia. Here's what's yeah. going on. Let's go do it. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't need to be over explained. It doesn't need to be overhyped. You know, it's it's just plain and simple and amazing that that mm-hmm. uh, Shuki Levi Levi score and yeah. voice acting and yeah, just yeah the, the score. Oh, the, this the score of this show. It's it, like as, as you. <laughs> oh, it, it's. It, <laughs> For as much as I love 2000X, Mm -hmm. the score of this show still trumps anything they did on 2000X for me. Um, I mean, it's not not to tangent too much, but the the difference, though, in in tones is Mike Young uh, 2000X for me is genuinely this is the barbarian hero the way that I always kind of imagined it when i was a kid playing and the the way they did it with filmation flat out was this is a superhero show and there is a lot of superhero elements in this show even it's an action adventure show Mm -hmm. for kids but there is that superhero element so they did right by doing let's make a a fanfare theme for he-man anytime something big's about to happen because when superman's flying into battle you hear that John Williams score and your heart yep. starts soaring. Absolutely. Same thing with He-Man. The minute he gets into battle and you just hear that boom, boo, doo, 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 and it's like, you know it's about to go down. And I don't care who you are. If you don't like filmation or not, the minute yep. that kicks in, if that doesn't get your heart pumping Absolutely. and get you excited for something, you're doing something wrong. And, that, and that's exactly <laughs> it. I will say the 2000X score, the Mike Young production score, has grown on me. I like it a lot more now yeah. Yeah. than when it first came out, honestly. Um, it was... It was <coughs> oh, Excuse me. Oh, quarantine. 30 <laughs> Quar- days. Well, I'm already quarantined. So okay, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I it, the Mike Young score has grown on me a lot. It's very, and I think it's the same guy, if I recall correctly. It's very uh, Hercules, the legendary journey, Xena, warrior, yeah. princess. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's either the same guy or he was just influenced by him. But uh, it's grown on me a lot. But, yeah, there's something about the filmation score that just, like, it, it makes me a 10-year-old boy again. Like, every yeah. time I hear it, I just get giddy. Um, mm-hmm. And leading in here, once again here, this just reiterates my point. I'm beating the dead horse. Filmation (laughs) took this stuff seriously. And you can still take it seriously and have fun with it. There can be comedy and it can be a serious show. Which I think we're going to prove very much so. Nice segue into discussing what episode, Sean? We are discussing... The Rainbow Warrior tonight, which uh, the Rainbow Warrior for me is not one I remember from childhood, but it's one that, that when I started getting into the uh, a lot of the masters groups and Facebook, mm-hmm. people would say, what are your top five episodes of Filmation? Yep. And I would just scour those lists every now and then. And a lot of the time, this episode ended up on it, and it made me just go like, I don't remember this at all. Right. I watched it on YouTube about a year ago, and... I remember just going, wow, 
<laughs> and when we were talking about episodes, I I was hoping, you know, if anybody hasn't seen this one in a while or if you haven't seen it but you're a He-Man fan, give this one a view. Absolutely. My friends, it is yeah, it, I watched it twice tonight, <laughs> and this this one for me, it didn't get old either time when I watched it. Oh, no, this one never does. And uh, this one, I didn't see myself until it was sometime in high school. It was after I got my first set of uh, bootleg VHSs, um, actually off the He-Man.org forums. Uh, yes, back then we used to trade, we used to, <laughs> we used to get bootleg VHSs because nobody was putting this stuff out. Hallmark, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was Hallmark at the time. They owned the rights to it, but they did nothing with it. They'd sat in a warehouse for a decade and they did nothing with it. So we were forced to, uh, that we were forced to have to trade. And that was the first time I saw it. So I was older. Uh, mm-hmm. And it still made an impact on me. Honestly, probably a bigger impact than it would have if I'd seen it as a kid, uh, to be quite well, honest. Because this episode it, is... Uh, it's, it's, it's very thematic. It's very, it, there's a lot of talking. Um, but it, it, it's, a, it's a solid story. Uh, it was written by Bob Forward and Leslie Wilson... And it was directed by Gwen Wetzler. Uh, the script was approved April 13th of 1984. Uh, the final script revision was June 18th of 1984. And it aired in the UK on February 17th of 1987. Once wow. again, big thanks to James E. Tox, uh Complete Guide to He-Man and She-Ra, the animated series, for that. Yes. Info. So... Uh, to start this off, I got a question for you because we're both parents. Absolutely. And this episode is quite a nod at then this is probably why if I would have seen it as a kid it wouldn't have gotten nearly the amount of weight mm-hmm. out of it. Mm-hmm. But now as a parent and <laughs> watching this episode, there's a re- there's something that resonates with this so much more to me now than it ever would have as a kid. Sure. And and there's like something about this episode as well that it resume, it resonates for me as a kid thinking about who was the person that got me into He-Man? Mm-hmm. My mom. And now that I'm older and I look at my kids and I think of the same thing like, you know, my parents probably look at or, my, or I'm sorry, my my kids look at me probably as oh that's just dad, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. But this episode's one of those <laughs> ones where it's like now your parents could be pretty badass, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when they when they actually when the chips are down and stuff. And, Absolutely. Uh, what what is, what's your take on that? Because I felt like it did impact me a heck of a lot more now that I've become a father than if I wouldn't have been a dad watching. Well, this. for sure, it was. Uh, yeah, it's 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 yeah everything you said. It's 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 seeing King Randor in Prince Adam no more. Uh, but it's it's knocked up a level, you know. Whereas in that episode, we just see a little taste of it, and I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Even even then, there's something even more so about like it's kind of easier to see, or at least for me, it's kind of easier to see your dad as like a person and moms. I don't know. They always seem to be more superhuman. Yes, um, in a way, very agreed. <laughs> like you just. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I have a much harder time picturing my mom being someone young and uh, 
you know, even even young and foolish or young and inexperienced or I don't know what it is. Something just about the way moms are and the way they put themselves on. It's it's a lot harder to see your mom as anything else than your mom. Um, yeah. But yeah, this episode is it's you know, even even the parts with Tila, which I'll get to, you know, well, we'll just say Tila's right at the beginning, towards the beginning, Tila's having uh, a hard time accepting that she lost at a jousting tournament. And yeah. actually, when I was watching it, my wife was, was in the room, um, and she was half paying attention to it. I'm not even going to say she was actually watching it, but she, you know, she was hearing <laughs> it, and my son was yeah. watching it with me. And it got to the to the point where Tila was throwing a fit basically about mm-hmm. uh, losing at this jousting match. And I go, I go, well, well, it's Aubrey. Who's our oldest daughter. It's cause she, <laughs> cause she is a very sore loser. No one said anything to her that I said anything. She <laughs> but she is, she's a very sore loser. Uh, she hate. well, she hates losing. That's, I mean, she loves, she hates losing. And, and she'll be like that when she when she really loses. You know, she did softball last year, and at one of the games, she was like blaming the refs after the game and stuff. And it's like, and and, and just she turns, and I go, "It's Aubrey," and she's like, "Oh, it really is?" Like as Tila's mouthing <laughs> off the man at arms and everything. And it's like, <laughs> and yeah, that's the strength of this story. It's a it's it's a story of generations. It's a story of Queen Marlena. It's a story of parents. It's a story of children. It's yeah, it's got all those thematic elements in there. And and at the same time, it's still got some of the best action scenes in the series. Yeah, like and, that's and it, it, this is such a strongly written episode. Seriously, guys, if you haven't watched this, go watch it before you listen to us because this thing well, hits it, on all cylinders. The, I, I was telling you before we started uh, the show that I was listening to the Rose Google Dinner episodes where they were talking about the their foundations and masters. What was it that attracted them to it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I know Danielle was saying how, um, you know, there were episodes of, of Filmation where she would get choked up or get emotional oh, watching, uh, you know, like it, depending what happened to the characters, like, you know, when mm-hmm. when when uh, he meant through the or when when Adam throws the power sword into the abyss, stuff like that. But here's the thing for me. I'm not going to lie. I'll be completely honest here. I'm I got misty eyed both times watching this episode because there's something about the fact that it wasn't He-Man that actually is the one that's the hero. Yep. And they have all of these moments mm-hmm. in it where it's like you have like all of the royal guards yeah. saluting her mm-hmm. and there's this element of like yeah, you know like it it, it, it yeah. gets me on this whole different level mm-hmm. than if He-Man was doing the heroics because that's just a given. But right. here's a situation where someone else is stepping up, and it for some reason it resonated even more with me that it was his mom. You yeah. know, like like my mom would have done something crazy if I was in trouble. You oh, know, absolutely. and there's that element, and then it's like when that's the whole thing. I look at my kids, and it's like, yeah, I'd do some crazy shit if my kids were in trouble, and I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure they were they were safe too. And you're seeing a whole nother level of her. That it's like a mom is superhero right. already, a, a superhuman in that way. Oh, absolutely. But when you get that moment, which we'll, we'll get to where she mm-hmm. finds out what happens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she turns the she turns on a dime yeah. and just does this, we're yeah. bringing the fight to him. And, and it's the, like, 
oh, you know. And, this, <laughs> and that's why I say I'm glad I saw this when I was older than as a kid, because as a kid, I know me, I would have just been like, man, they're talking a lot in this episode. Yes, yes. Because they do, yes. they talk, like, honestly, even Skeletor talks a lot in this episode, like, yeah. it's just, but these characters are written so well, and the interesting part of it is, this is a season two episode. Yeah. This is, this is, I mean, it is after the parents groups have, you know, gotten involved and lit, written angry letters and filmations told they have to tone it down, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, if you ask almost any, even fan of the property, they say, you know, season two, that's, that's where the quality declined as far as the strength of the stories. Um, but this one... Absolutely no, did not. Um, this this one this one's magical yeah. for me. And this so. this is Bob Forward. This is actually the first script that he's written. Um, okay. This was his 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 writing debut. Uh, I believe he was directing before that because I know his he's been. Was he a director? I don't know if you remember off the top of your head, but he's been involved. I, with, yeah. He was involved in the series the whole way, but this was the first time he was a writer. And he said, he's gone on record, he wanted to write this episode purely because he felt that Queen Marlena was the most underused character in the series. Agreed. So he just came at this like, (laughs) no one's using Marlena, let's build an episode around her. Mm -hmm. And and this is what we get, so... Oh. Yeah, the only the only one where I could think of that I remember her being in it, other than just sitting in the throne room or sitting at the dinner table or something, is uh, the one. And I it was it Tila's yeah Tila's quest. I yeah. think the the one where they're they're using that yeah. headband man at arms made, and she's getting to show Tila this is this is how she came to Eternia. Right. Which but, was, but then it's just like that's that, and then they move on. <laughs> which was reused here as well. They yeah. they go through yeah. it again. So. Um, so yeah, let's jump in. So yeah, let's do it, or else I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, because we'll talk about no the good. whole episode. But, uh, <laughs> but so it it opens up. Let's in, pace it. It opens up in Snake Mountain. Uh, you know, a, a, quite a long scene in Snake Mountain. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. Like the, the opens up with Skeletor and Trapjaw and Beastman, and Skeletor's. You know, he's he's playing. He's he's having a pity party. Like he's yeah. like, oh, my patience is thin, and like no, everyone's ignoring him. He's like, my patience is thin, <laughs> and uh, and Trap Jaw goes, oh no, you're not thin, boss. If anything, you're a little fat. Yep. <laughs> and, and then uh, he gets shot in the butt. And then he gets shot in the butt. <laughs> and the reason, you know, we don't usually go this in depth, but basically, this whole opening scene is Skeletor trying to come up with a plan. And, you know, he's going, oh, I tried to conquer Grayskull six times this week. And Beastman's like, oh, no, it was seven. And Skeletor goes, no, it was six. The first time was practice. It didn't count. Yes. <laughs> and this whole scene is just Skeletor and Beastman and Trapjaw just, like, trading, like, it's like a uh, Abbott and Costello sketch. Like, it is. But the reason I bring it up is because I was cracking up. So was and I. You're, I was going to say, you're still cracking up. Well, it, um, it's to see, I to see him because, shoot somebody in the butt. Yeah. And, and I know you're one of the ones that you don't like so much when the villains are played as fools. Mm-hmm. But man, it worked for me here. This opening it, scene 
this worked for me. I still felt that they were menacing, but the way they were giving Skeletor a lip and not paying attention to him and Skeletor's reactions where he's like, well, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to zap you in the butt. You know, yeah. it's like, it worked for me. It, this one yeah. really did. <laughs> I, I I mean, no, I, I'm not the biggest fan of, of Skeletor being betrayed as a comedic character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was my mood today or maybe it yeah. was just whatever. But just <laughs> the thing the thing about that whole moment for me is it's it's magnifying why he loses. Yeah. And that's I think it's like he's in on it now. He's seeing them not even paying attention to him. So he's pissed. <laughs> And yep. then they're just like, we're watching a jousting match. But it's like, yeah. you know, he, he's just there like, no, it was seven, you know, or six or whatever. And there, I yeah. seven, I, the one was practiced and all that. But when you get to him doing that, that's when I'm laughing. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, he's basically, it was a do-over. Yeah. yeah. The first one <laughs> didn't count. It was practice. Yeah. yeah. And Beastman goes, well, I guess He-Man doesn't know how to take a joke, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I don't. I don't know if it's that I just kind of think to myself, it's filmation. There's a pretty good chance that it's going to have that with I, him. I, but there's, I don't know. I think it, it just works it's, for me. It's well written jokes. Like, it, it's just funny. It's just. It is. It is. It, it's, once again, Bob Ford here. It, it, it's well written. It's, it's, you're laughing just because it's, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a who's on first. Yes. What's on second? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, okay, that, that's just good. And the mm-hmm. thing is, I think also part of it is the way they animated Skeletor. And I noticed this throughout the episode. Um, there was a lot more... Like, there's a couple different Skeletors, as you notice when you're, when, you're, when you're watching this. There's the very comic effect where, like, his eyes will get real big and stuff. And then there's, like... Expressive, yeah. And then there's this one where they use a lot of the hard angles... And everything, and and this one seemed to have almost all the hard angles throughout it for Skeletor, mm-hmm. which I thought helped keep him, you know, a legitimate threat. It's a very yeah. very well animated throughout. Honestly, this is this is one of the better ones. There's not a whole lot of stock footage, really, um, or if there is, it's masked well enough where you're not like, oh yeah, there's that scene again, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and and the the way that they animated him in boredom, and yeah. they mix it because like they do have that like him standing from his throne, yeah. then he sits back down, and then he's like this again, and yeah. then he's you know, and it's like there's there's like the way they incorporated it where typically he'd stand up and he's like in a power pose yeah. because it's the whole he's about to get something done and he's just standing up because he's annoyed, right? And then he sits back down because he's just bored again, you know, and it works. Uh, as much as is like I said, <laughs> it, damn it! This it, it's another instance where it's like for as for as I'm not anti filmation, but yeah. I'm just you know it's it's like no, I, I, I feel like it's it's more child friendly than I'd want masters to be. Yeah. But it's like there's still this endearingness to this stuff, right. you know. There's there's no way around it. See, that's that's what I was curious about whether you uh, like I, said, <laughs> I, know, I know you don't like it when it goes too jokey, but I thought this opening scene was done well. As far Pretty. as actually, like, Skeletor being menacing and coming up with a plan and delivering these zingers. Like, yeah. th- this is this is Filmation best right here. I think this is a good blend where it's like the adults can enjoy it, the kids can enjoy it, and it's just, you know, mm-hmm. 
But uh, so, no, I agree. So basically, <laughs> Skeletor just comes up with this plan. A pretty simple plan. Uh, he's going to. He needs a bigger army to conquer He-Man, so he's going to take over the palace so that he'll have the entire royal guard at his disposal and double mm-hmm. his army. He'll have his robot fleet, and he'll have his henchmen, and he'll have you know the royal guard as well. So, mm-hmm. okay, fine, simple plan. He's tried it before, but you know it works for me. <laughs> well, it's one of those things where you know if you think about it longer, because yeah. he's bored. So it's the idea of, you know, anything that sounds like you're getting out of the house is awesome. I mean, we're <laughs> under quarantine, and this is the whole, you know, yeah. like, I'm sure there's people out there where it's like, man, was, I'd just like to go to the post office and mail a letter so I can get <laughs> out of the damn house. Yeah. So, like, the idea of him throwing this out there and going, like, this sounds like a great plan. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, all of those yeah. all of those uh, royal um, the, the royal guards – have their own minds. Yeah. They aren't robot henchmen. So you got this vibe like, yeah, you think this is great until all of a sudden you hear one of them go, Skeletor, you suck. What this is? What would you say? And he gets all <laughs> pissed at everybody. And he's like, <laughs> I want him reported. You know, and all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, now you got more headaches, dude. But yeah. at this moment, it's like, hey, it sounds like a great idea sounds because like otherwise great. I got to deal with you two all day, you know? Yeah. It, w- it was a little weird how they kind of framed, like, taking over the royal palace as, like, some brand new scheme. But other than that, it's like, <laughs> whatever, it's a cartoon, mm. let's go. Sure, <laughs> yeah, let's let's run with it. But then we get we get treated to the royal palace. We got this nice new uh, jousting arena uh, background. That's a really cool set piece with, you know, his and her thrones for the king and queen up there with it. Very, very medieval, very knights jousting, but apparently in Eternia, uh, jousting means that we're all on sky sleds and we're shooting stun beams at each other. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's how we roll here. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 not quite jousting, but it, it still worked. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's pretty much, you know, watching Tila in action in this is kind of fun and seeing her have oh, her, yeah. like you said, get like your daughter moments where <laughs> she can't, she can't win and she's a sore loser yep, and all that. Yep, and yep. and uh, Tila's not somebody that I remember thinking of as being quite the way she's written here where she's that much of an annoying person, yeah. but she's really annoying at this point. Cause like, even with, uh, when, when she loses and you know, she's like, well, he was above me yeah. and I can't get there. Da, 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 da. And, you know, and I was like, well, you just yeah, needed to know where you were on the, the field and yeah. you weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. Paying and then Marlene is doing, yeah, well, that. we knew this uh, maneuver yeah. and maybe I'll teach it to you. And she's just like, yeah, okay, thanks. And yeah. then she just get back into it. And if I was like, if I was Randor, I'd have been like dishonor. Dishonor on you, dishonor on your there cow. He goes again. Because <laughs> he, he, you know, it's like he, he, she's just like brushing off the queen, yeah. like the queen it's doesn't the, know anything. <laughs> probably the probably the one that springs to mind where we've seen her this the most is like father, like daughter, where she gets mad at man at arms in that episode as well, and and takes mm-hmm. off. But yeah, she wasn't. It's not always this bad. It just it's. Tila hates to lose. It's, yeah. She, she, she hates being criticized. She hates being, which I think works with her as long as it's not played up, as long as it's not overbearing. Like, I think Mike Young actually took it farther than this too often. Um, she, yeah, on there, she, she really ragged on Adam yeah. a lot in the beginning of that series. And I, 
it, it watching it rewatching it recently i'm like man they really made her stick it to him like right. five or eight episodes later she's still get, are whereas, you gonna run off again yeah, you know whereas, and all that and it's like man whereas filmation <laughs> i think they did a better job of it but there are these moments like father yeah. like daughter even in tila's quest she takes off on her own and it's just kind of mm. that that side of tila which works for her as long you know you know, she is a young female who's captain of the guard, who's come up in, in traditionally a man's game. I mean, I, I, I can see it. It doesn't bother me. And it works mm-hmm. here for the point they're making. They really played up, the like you said, the, the parent-child thing, not only with Adam and Marlena, but even Tila, you know. You know, and we've all been there where, you know, our parents try and tell us how to do something. And we're, oh, yeah. We're yeah. young and dumb, and we think, oh, no, we don't. I know, I know better. I know that. better. Like, I know better. So it, it worked here for me. But, yeah, the basis of it was that, that you know, there was a, there was this guy slid above her shooting down at her and because she's complaining because they don't have top guns, so how could she shoot back up at this guy? Yep. And uh, the, the Immelman turn, which is an actual maneuver uh, originated in World War One by a German pilot named Max Immelman, so. Oh, okay. That that was actually a real, real Earth maneuver. Um, I was wondering... <laughs> nice. And that's that's another thing here is is you forget a lot of time. You don't really forget, but it gets to the back of your mind that Marlena is from Earth originally. Like, we all yep. know it, but it it's never been more obvious than this episode. I would say this even more so than Visitors from Earth, even though that's literally got Visitors from Earth. Because mm-hmm. um, it really takes you through, because in this scene, you know, she's talking about actual, like, war, World War stuff. So even yeah. if she came from the future of Planet Earth, she still, you know, knows her history. And uh, I don't know, it, it, it really broke down that barrier in this one with all of her, you know, her musings and everything. You really start to think about how much she's given up, you know, never having returned to Earth when she crash landed here. Like, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like the, the next sequence uh-huh. when she's there and she's getting to see her ship, the yeah. broader here, to Eternia. I thought that was – there's there's these little moments like that where it's just like, wow, you know, like it, it really has some soul to this and just her having these moments. And, and like I like that Randor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, he even says, you know, I'm thankful for the ship it brought you to me. Yeah. And they're having these – they're having these moments between them mm-hmm. where there's chemistry there that you don't get to see on other episodes, yeah. which is great. And I love that you know it's it's putting it even into the history of well, Man at Arms repaired her ship, and it's the, it's in a museum now, and it's there to to recognize this is how our queen came to a turn yep. and all this. But I like that for her, it reminds me of like like uh, there there's a little bit of like a Maverick and Top Gun kind of vibe or something like that. Oh where yeah, that he's she's looking at it and she's like you know taking her hand and, and like you yeah. know. Yeah, kind of petting just, it almost and stuff. She's like, yeah, hi, old friend. You know, it's got that, like, mm-hmm. you know, adventure vibe right. to it. That it, 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 It's, like, right there. You're seeing a layer of her that you don't normally see. Right. And I love that She's always sitting that. on the throne. We don't, we don't get yep. to see her taking action. But she was a NASA pilot. Like, yes. it, there's... She's been in countless missions here. Uh, you know, even... Actually, earlier, even during the jousting scene... Uh, Rander turns her and it goes, goes, you know, uh, something like reminds you of old times, huh? And she goes, yeah, oh, yeah you yeah. know, it's like, and yeah, I, I, I love that, like that rant. It, 
you know, even when she disappears and she goes to the museum to look at her ship and Randor comes up and he's like, oh, I knew I'd find you here. Mm-hmm. Like, you really get that, like you said, you get that love that they have, that relationship mm-hmm. they have that you don't get to see because we never stop and focus on Randor and Marlena. You know, they're either mm-hmm. in trouble or they're, they're you know, sending He-Man or Man-Arms on a quest or, you know, but you don't really sit there and think, like, these are people who have found each other, who have loved each other, who have... You really get that chemistry here. And, yeah. And, and I know as a kid, I would have just been like, oh, okay, they're talking now. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to tune out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get the gist of it, but that, like you said, the voice acting here is amazing. You just, you really mm-hmm. feel this history of, you know, the past, you got to figure Adam's supposed to be 18 in this series. 18, probably so 20 years, 20, maybe. 25 years, not, maybe. I mean, depending yeah. on how long, uh, you know, a lifetime, you know, that they're, they're spent together. You really feel that in this one scene, you get all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, ah, something happened. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about, it, it's like, you know, that, that was something in, to, to make a quick comparison to 2000 X, oh, wow. there was definitely this feeling from the get go of the two of them having, like something there yeah. and their, their interplay with each other. It, they, I, I think what they did was they actually looked at episodes like this and they're like, let's make sure they have a supportive role rather than just here. They are going to be sitting on the, on the throne all the time exactly. or whatever. And, and I think episodes like this were definitely a step forward in that show going, no, we're taking the, them seriously. Mm-hmm. Randor's a man of action. Marlene is going to be somebody who's not a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. And on both counts, it did well. And it, this is how that started Absolutely. with this. And it's like, I, I was thinking about it to make going, man, I really wish they would have started them even in see, season one doing more like this yeah. too. Because that would have made me even more involved in the the family structure in Adam's life more Absolutely. than just you know typically Randor's like I'm ready to eat he's like eating you know the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. big drumsticks and stuff and and Marlene is just kind of there you know right. and this this one just for me it was such a nice like wow yeah. the, the amount of character in these characters for this episode and and that's the thing because if you go back ever since they made the series bible for filmation before they even started production they had this whole backstory for marlena mm-hmm. and it's like and that's basically what prompted bob forward to write this because he's going we created all this and nobody's using it like that's we, a shame man. you know it's, like we said it showed up in tila's quest you know, yeah, we got bit. filled in on the backstory of how she came to Eternia. And then that's pretty much it. You know, I, there might be something else in there, here or there for mm-hmm. Marlena, but that's 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 the big moment that pops to my head up until here. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and like it's, for them to have created this whole thing and just not to use it is just a shame. Mm-hmm. But luckily, oh, we I'm get, glad they did. Yeah, we get to see it here. We get this awesome scene with her and Randor, and Randor's saying, you know, hey, we're going to the beach, you know, jousting's done, we're going to the beach, you want to come with us, it'll be fun. She's like, no, I want it, like you said, it's like a maverick moment, she's like, no, I just want to stay here a bit longer, and it's like, she just Mm -hmm. wants to be with her ship, she just wants to remember her glory days, you know, her racing through space, exploring, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and you gotta figure, that's the thing, just being a NASA, excuse me, a NASA astronaut, that means she was at least some sort of a scientist as well, too, because, you know, all those guys, you know, they're 
all the astronauts are pretty much, uh, if you're an astronaut in some sort of scientific profession, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So this is a character who's got a lot of depth, a lot of intelligence, and now she's pretty much just a queen. Like, what, yeah. what a change in life, huh? Well, the the only other time that I was thinking it, the one where Man at Arms turned to stone, yeah, that was one Dragon's of the other gift. times where Dragon's Gift, where where uh, they they uh, had her at least trying to use her Earth science to try to help yeah, them, and and that was one of the other few times where I could think of where even though that didn't really help, and she basically gave the deadline of when that was going to be permanent, and that right. was it. But it was still but like at it. least She's they still, went there. Yeah. She was still shown so. to be an intelligent individual, you know, she, and she is, she's, yeah, yeah, it just never used enough. So we, mm-hmm. we were treated to a nice flashback sequence again, uh, that we saw in Tila's quest. Um, interestingly enough, uh, that's the, that's the one funny thing is that out of all this is, is in this episode, her ship is called the rainbow explorer mm-hmm. uh, in Tila's quest. It was called the valiant. So a little um, bit of continuity error there. I, I'm but, not uh, going to lie. I think it would have been co- cool to call this one the Valiant Warrior. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, because like when I heard Rainbow Warrior, when when it was listed <laughs> in all of those lists, all I kept thinking was, is this is this the one where it happens? He-Man and Rainbow Bright team up for the first time. You know, it's got that vibe to it. It may, it, like as a guy, yeah. when you hear Rainbow Warrior, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I'm not trying to put anybody down, but there's an automatic feeling of this is going to get a little more pastel or something than I needed to for He-Man, right? But then when I know what it's about, it's like, oh, but the Valiant would have been in a cooler name, in my opinion. Yeah. It would have given it more cred for her, in my opinion, too. I think it probably could just come up with a better title all around, because even Rainbow Warrior doesn't really like, uh... I never thought anything of it. Like you said, like, like... Same thing as you, I discovered this episode, and it was like people were talking about it, and I probably, I'm sure I checked out on uh, uh, James E. Talk, or Busted, to- uh, he was Busted Tunes back then, and it's the okay. Angels episode review site, mm-hmm. and I checked it out because, basically as you hear about the moment at the end, and that's why you check out this episode. Yeah, okay, gotcha, and, gotcha, alright. But yeah, it's... It, I don't know, it just it doesn't mean anything really. The Rainbow Warrior, like you're hearing that even as a He Man fan who's never seen the episode, like it doesn't click anything with you. You know what no. I mean? It's no it's, honestly I, it's kinda like the search. It's like I was just gonna say that. It, it, it is like that where the, the title <laughs> makes you just go so yeah. you know, like there's an element of that to it. So I don't I don't know what a better title could have been. Maybe the Valiant Warrior. I I don't know. But yes, title <laughs> Moms are awesome. Moms are awesome. Um, you know, Mama Bear. I don't know. For me, it's kind of I don't know, last chance, last hope, last. I don't know. For some reason, I want to go to like a last thing because as we find out here, you know, like this is pretty much like, uh, you know, all, all your A list characters are taken out pretty quickly here. So it's kind of, you know, mm. I don't know. I, I don't even that. know what I uh, yeah the yeah, Rainbow I, Warrior to me just uh, that for yeah. me doesn't it's it's Marlena's episode the the ship is secondary the ship is enabling her to do this but it's all Marlena doing this stuff that's the main thing I exactly. think so but uh, so yeah so 
she stays with the ship. The rest of them head to the beach. And so Skeletor, as part of his plan, uh, he sets out to capture all of them. He sees them heading towards the beach. They go in the collector, and they use the awesome freeze rays to capture Man-Arms, Tila, Orko, King Randor, and Prince Adam, all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. Why they didn't do this years ago, I don't know. But Well, it's him learning. <laughs> he learned. He's like, well, I'm just going to do it like this. <laughs> I will say this. The, 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 this. This is my one nitpick of not even of the episode but just of the trope in general, I hate freeze rays. <laughs> I absolutely hate them. They may, uh, I Give me a stun beam. Give them something that knocks somebody out but doesn't kill them, but knocks them out. Have them laying yeah. on the ground. And I know that's what they wanted to avoid. I get that there was this stigma even around showing people laying unconscious, and they do, they do it as little as possible. But I hate beams that freeze somebody in place and make them look like glass. And Tila's mm. standing there with one leg up. Which, yeah. Ugh. And and Adam's standing there going. That I like. So it's like, yeah. That I did I, like, actually. Because the sword actually does appear there in a couple yeah. of frames, too. And he's like, like, that looks cool. But, like, I just in general, I hate freeze rays. I've hated them in every cartoon movie everything that uses free freeze rays i just because the logic doesn't work like, well they they have on on this series and i know they did it on mike young too they had the 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 ray where if they shot somebody they'd just stand in place and they'd be locked in that pose yeah. they weren't ice they were just like it was it was like a stun sure. freeze effect that they did well, and that yeah because the other thing I was thinking in yeah. this moment, this is nitpicking a whole bunch. Absolutely, that's but what we do. It, they're they're on a beach, and he uses ice, yeah. and he says they'll be frozen for an hour. I'm like, dude, yeah. have you ever eaten ice cream on the beach? <laughs> like that that ain't gonna work for an hour. Well, I, mean, and I know. My nitpick <laughs> thing was like he's blowing this freeze ray, and that's the other thing. Like normally, at least it looks like a ray, like like a laser beam. This time it was just like wind across the sand. Yeah, and, yeah. But the waves are fine. Like the waves are fine. Yeah. The be- the sand's fine, but just them. It's I don't know. Maybe just the laziness of it. Like, and you know that that's that's probably more. It's probably more the fact that after they get hit with the freeze ray, that they look like these glass sculptures of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have a problem with it with Mr. Freeze in the various Batman the Animated Series because of the way it freezes it always like freezes them in a chunk of ice. Yeah. I was thinking that too. So, like, so okay, it, it should have just been a giant block of ice. Yeah, if it was in whatever. a block of ice. Yeah. And especially the way they and I know Batman came later animation blah 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 blah. But yeah, the way they always animated like Mr. Freeze's stuff in there because it was always like jagged. Like you'd have like the arm freeze, and there'd be like the like tendrils of ice shooting off. Like you really get the motion of mm-hmm. the ice. Like that's cool. I like that. I can deal with that. I don't like these freeze rays that just are like. <laughs> I was frozen in place there for the audio listeners. <laughs> that that I don't like. But other other than that, uh, <laughs> that's that's my nitpick. That's. That just yeah, the, that that part just it, it was yeah, like, for me that was very filmation and, of and them. It, that's all I could just, say. We just talked about stun beams earlier during the joust, so why not use them? 
You know, sure. same like in Secret of the Sword when 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 Mantena uses his stun beams. Like that's cool. Like I I don't mind people being stunned and knocked out. It's just the way you do it. I don't mm-hmm. don't freeze them in with one leg up especially. Doesn't work. And then they're ice sculptures for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so he he takes all everyone prisoner, takes them back to Snake Mountain. Uh, sends a message to the palace that they need to surrender the entire palace to him or he's going to take care of all of his hostages. <laughs> I love I love this moment, though. That, that This moment, like I said, this is the yeah. turn on a dime moment because I love that Marlene is still there with the ship and she's, you know, doing the mm-hmm. whole, you know, basically talking to the ship like, you know, you talk to somebody yeah. that's your confidant in that way. And she's about to leave, and then one of the royal guards shows mm-hmm. up, and he's like, "We got a message from Skeletor," and he, he he's saying, "You know, they they want them to surrender, and he's going to come in with his army." And she's like, "I'm not making my home a battleground," right. and she's like, "We're going to go after him," mm-hmm. and that's like, how often do you see this side mm-hmm. of her? Never. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the fact that it, it's like th- this moment where everybody she cares about now is on the line. Mm-hmm. I'm getting chills mm-hmm. thinking about it. Everybody she cares about is on the line. And yet she's holding her, the line and being like, oh, we're going to do this on our terms. And I love that she's like motivating that guard. And the guard kind of has this like, you know, he's seeing yep. her in a new light, like how we're yep. seeing her in a new light. And there's this feeling in that moment to me where it, it, it's like. I got, you know, like, I'll give you my life because I, you're, you're talking in ways I can get behind right now. Right. And I love from that moment on, this is a different Marlena than you've seen in any episode of this mm-hmm. show. I mean, she's like a woman of action from that point on. Yeah. And it's just like all that she needed to hear was my son's in danger. It's like, oh, hell no. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, that was great. Yeah. And she doesn't even hesitate. She, she no. goes, okay, so Skeletor is going to bring it to here. We're not, we're not doing this. Let's, we're going to attack him first. I mean, right there, it mm-hmm. shows her intelligence. It shows that she's learned her history, her art of war, whatever you want to call it. She, she knows what needs to be done. She does, and she does it decisively and confidently. Where that guard never, the lieutenant never even questions her. He's just like, "All right, let's do this." But I, I like when he comes to her. There's a nervousness because yeah. I think in that way he's looking at it like you're all yeah. we have left, and he doesn't look to yeah. her as like a military strategist. But the minute she starts telling him, "This is how we're doing it," I love that he he automatically yeah. is like. Okay, yeah, you know, he's he gets, like, and he rallies the rest of the guards. He gets her confidence, know? and and he even tells her he's like, he's like, oh yeah, you know, the everyone's ready to fight, but you know, we don't have Tila, we don't have Man, we, you know, we're missing our leaders, yeah. and and she steps right into that role, and he's okay, we got that because that's all we're missing, you know, my yeah, boy, my boys are ready, put us in, yeah, so, yeah, exactly, exactly, um, and then she tells him, you know, get every, get every. uh get every ship we have aloft and we're going to do a full attack on snake mountain. And it's like awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's what leads to the big, the big confrontation here. And, and, you know, you see all the guards running and getting on sky sleds and taken to the air. And we see a lot of shots of things too, that we don't normally see. Um, you know, we're seeing this whole this whole vehicle bay with all these sky sleds and roofs opening to let them out. You know, you don't usually filmation usually didn't take you there. You'd usually cut from scenes to scenes where they're already in a wind raider, in a sky sled, in whatever. You mm-hmm. know, and you don't really see. Now, there's something cool about actually getting to see the mechanics of like, oh yeah, they got this whole 
bay door that opens over the where the vehicles are kept. They go up through the ceiling and and even it's implied like that big round building that we always see in the panning shot is actually the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw that when the camera trucked in later that that's actually the museum. Even the museum was filled with all sorts of cool stuff. There's all this armor yeah. in there, and there's a robot, and it's like, you know, it's kind of like Batman's trophies in the Batcave. You're like, well, what's that story? Yep. What's that story? What's that? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. get Bob forward on that now. Yeah. <laughs> but the the thing about that whole moment, uh, and and again, mm-hmm. talk about galvanizing. It, it's like it, you have all of those, all of the um, the royal guards getting on their jet sleds and they're that they, you see them taking off in a formation which that barely ever happens right. that i can remember either so they're in the v formations taking off yep. and i love that they're waiting and there's like a whole armada basically mm-hmm. of these guys and they're like what are we waiting for she said to wait until the lead ship shows up and then out of nowhere here yeah. comes the rainbow explorer yeah. you know and 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 the, i like that they're like is that the ship and he's like that's a lead ship if I ever saw one. And then all yeah. of a sudden, everybody's flying into the – they're like, once more into the breach. Let's yeah. do this. And there's just something amazing seeing all those guys mm-hmm. following her into this. And they don't even know it's her necessarily, but no. it's the idea we know it's her, you know, and exactly. I love that about it. Yeah, that's it. And it's that scene where they all take off and she goes first and then the sky sleds catch up and they're heading off across the, the you know, flying over the palace with the, the rainbow explorer with, with mm-hmm. all these sky sleds flanking her. And it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And it's something, it's something you don't see in filmation. I can't think of another episode of He-Man where we see this. I mean, um, Probably the assault uh, or the 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 battle of Bright Moon in the last episode of Secret of the Sword, you know, uh, that was probably the closest to this kind of a battle we got when they had all the Batmex and Destructo tanks going. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just not something they did a lot, but it's it's awesome seeing it here. And then we cut over to Snake Mountain and we get this awesome shot of Snake Mountain from the behi- from behind. Yeah, the only I was thinking time that. That's a whole new. See this. Yeah, I love that we get a new angle of it, so that it really goes to show you all all bets are off in that way. It's almost like a mm-hmm. visual to show you He Man ain't going to do this, but yeah. there's something that's going to happen. It's going to be really cool, but we're going to show it from a different way yeah. than you're used to. It. Yeah. Least. So they're out back behind Snake Mountain in the mountains, and Skeletor just got them chained up there. Um. I like his reasoning, too. Yeah, there's secrets in Snake Mountain you can't be privy to, but soon... I like that. Soon you'll be prisoners in the royal dungeon... Or in the dungeons of the royal palace of Skeletor. Yes. He has all sorts of threatening. (laughs) Him and Teela are going back and forth, trading insults, and... And and he says that he's going to send her to the prison mines of Skeletor, and he's he's got this all won. In his mind, Mm -hmm. he's, this is it. Like, you all are here. But mm-hmm. what else is there? Like, and and by the time he's comes up against He Man, he's going to have the whole royal guard at his disposal. So he's mm-hmm. he's feeling really confident here, and uh, yeah, and and then he's got all his ships. He's got all the robot knights are on, the, you know, the sky sleds. The the oh, they called them something different, but uh, but yeah, the evil sky sleds and. Uh, mm-hmm. 
then they got the Basher, the Collector, and the Doom Buggy all sitting there waiting to go. And Skeletor's making his plan too. He's like, he's like, Beastman, you'll take the Collector, uh, Trapjaw, you're in the Basher, and I'm taking the Doom Buggy, and we're just gonna go take over the palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and him and Tilar trading insults, and then it's just that great moment when when. All the ships fly in, and Skeletor just yeah. like, what's going on? What kind of <laughs> ship is that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and quickly to the air. You know, it's just yeah. like, it, it worked perfectly, just like Marlena thought it would. It's, it's He's completely taken by surprise. He's he's scrambling to even get his ships aloft to to fight them. And, mm-hmm. and luckily, Marlena has uh, just enough time to free Adam out of all the people chained up there. Yes. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Uh, and then and then we go and honestly even with him free it really it's really still on this ship battle, you know, the the hover robots take the air, all the evil warriors get in their vehicles, they take to the air and this battle ensues. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, it's it's typical filmation uh fair for the most part, but but it's well done, I think, in this case. You've got lots, of, you know, you got you got sky sleds being shot down. You've got zooming here, there, everywhere. Uh, it's nothing graphic. It's you don't see any any palace guards like you know getting blown to pieces. But you you felt the urgency. You felt the dogfight of it. I think. Oh yeah, it, like for me, like this is probably the closest episode you ever got to a Transformers the movie action sequence because uh-huh. this is definitely one of those sequences where the amount of actual characters on the screen with all the, the sky sleds flying around yeah. the robot knights, and you're seeing them all crisscrossing across the screen at one point. There's so many of them that for yeah. me, I'm just, I was grinning from ear to ear going like I, I, I in my mind's filling in the gaps of what the animation won't. And I'm picturing these crazy dog fights and stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Like in my head, you know, like I, filmation could never do this it, right. for the era, but like, I'm picturing like the camera over the shoulder of one of the Royal oh, guards, yeah. like gunning for one of the, the uh, robot knights. And it's like, you know, swerving and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I like that. Um, then Adam runs over and he tries the free Tila. Yeah. And he's yeah, pulling he's still, on her chain trying to get He's still it playing out. the act for a minute there. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. You could even tell in the animation they did a great job animating that. He's not really trying that hard. He knows he's not going to bust it. He's just kind of like trying to say he tried. And then, of course, yeah. Tila's just like, oh, Adam, you're never going to get me free. Go at least try and find He-Man or something. He's like, oh, no, okay. <laughs> well, but but what, you're, what you're doing right there is I love that I caught that in the animation. Because the minute he turns around, he a, smiles. He does that little You get smirk. that really quick smirk, and then off he goes. And then we're treated to the most non-transformation sequence ever. And for yeah. some reason, I am not disappointed because there's so much else going on that I'm just kind of like, yeah. I, I, here, here's something that I think about this. Let me see if, if you agree with me. Sure. They didn't show the transformation in this episode because they didn't want to undercut the, hero, the, hero, yeah, the heroism that was happening already on the screen because his mom showed up. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm glad that you agree. <laughs> I feel that's exactly what it is because all he gets is is the by the power of Grayskull. You get the flash, you get but then the flash. instead of cutting to the scene with Adam in front of Grayskull, you know, and actually showing, they just cut back to the ships. Yeah, 
and they're back in the dogfight, and I think that's exactly it. It's this is not He Man's win. This is no. not He Man's episode. This is because honestly, even once He Man joins the fight, he doesn't do much. No, he and ta- <laughs> he takes out a couple knights with a rock. Yep. And then he takes out uh, Trapjaw and the Basher. Oh, and I guess he does take Beastman out after that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he helps, don't get me wrong, but he mm-hmm. d- it's not the usual uh, He-Man and he saves the day. Yeah. Like, he's just a part of it. He's just giving them a hand. Exactly. Know? There, there's never a moment in this where they're like, oh, man, I wish we could find He-Man right about now. It's like, no, right. this this whole sneak attack that Marlena planned is putting Skeletor on his ass way faster than anything He-Man would do at this moment. Exactly. And I do like that they have that little line after he blows up a few of the robot knights using the boulders. Like, well, I can't just stand here and throw boulders all day. You know, yeah. it's, it's the whole, I well, that would have been the there. He-Man way of handling it if you right. know they wanted to go stock him, stock uh stock animation through the whole fight. Right. Thankfully they decided, no, we're going to put him in the fight, but he's, he's going to take out the other guys. And the, the, the rainbow warrior for lack of a better term is yeah. going to be the one that's the lead in this thing. Right. So, and she yeah. is. And that's kind of the thing too. Like, like he man doesn't take a minute even to free Tila or man arms or anybody. He's just mm-hmm. like, there, like you said, there's this fight going on up up there. I got to get up there and help them. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have time to do anything. I need mm-hmm. I need a vehicle, and so of course he pulls out his trusty uh, grappling hook out of his loincloth there, <laughs> yeah. uh, which we talked about before. I it's 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 whatever. But I, you know what? I love seeing him use it. I love that animation of him pulling it out and clipping it, and you know making the the tongs come out and and the I don't know. It's great animation. It's yeah, he fun. can't he can't use the bolo ever again. So he might as well have that at least. I, I still feel. Better. Anybody want to buy a used bolo? It's like <laughs> I love that. I can't. Oh, that's it, it, for for as cheesy as that was. I love the breaking of the fourth wall there. It, it still makes me happy to think about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, I love that he just he just jumps in and he's taking care of business as he can and stuff. And I even like that when he when he gets into um, which ones he get into the one with Trapjaw. What, what ones? The Basher. And I Remember, like the, it's got that ram head. The it's ram the heads basher. on it. Yeah. See, I, I can't remember Skeletor's vehicle's names for the life of me on Filmation. I'll be completely like honest. I said, the, the Collector is easy. The Collector's so, the one I remember. So uh, I'll, I'll say that. It was the whole point of Colossus Awakes. It was the whole yeah. plot. And, and like I said, the Basher is the one that's got the ram head that comes out yeah. and bashes. Uh, and then Doom Buggy's the one that's left. That's that one that looks like a giant like demon military ship like <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, <laughs> and, well, real, real quick here huh? why didn't they ever make toys of skeletor's filmation vehicles like any of those would have made an awesome toy i think the basher probably would have been the easiest to make as a toy like can you imagine a little like a basher toy if it's two figures in it, it's got a little handle you press a button on the back and a ram's head pops out that you can hit things with yeah like that would have been an awesome toy like (laughs) it it was it was always confusing for me with filmation because like the attack track wasn't the attack track that i knew it was it was the wizard of stone mountain well now that one i'll have to go back and rewatch because i don't remember that but they but used like the, the toy di- design for the attack track in Wizard of Stone Mountain. That's the uh, only okay. episode. But but that's the thing. It's like, okay, so the attack track was mm-hmm. never the way that I had it at home. 
And then, right. you know, the Wind Raider was the closest to anything that you had as a vehicle, yeah. usually. And then, the, well, obviously, sky the sled. jet sky, yeah, the, yeah, the sky sled. Yeah. But, yeah, I, maybe it was a filmation thing. I, I know there's people out there who could probably, they're probably yeah. yelling at us right now going, it was <laughs> this, you moron. But for me, I, I figure yeah. it might have been like a copyright thing with filmation because Mattel couldn't even do the filmation figures for classics until they got a certain thing well, like they got the rights or whatever that to do the was figures. a problem that was a problem later because but that was because of it being sold off or because whatever. mattel sold off their stake in the uh, filmation okay. rights in huh. the 90s which was incredibly foolish and short-sighted of them yeah, they see, originally had rights and they sold hmm. all that off and they Honestly, they, and that's the other thing. They could have bought them back multiple times during the years because all the filmation rights switched hands so many times. Yeah. That nobody at Mattel was ever smart enough or looking ahead enough to go, hey, we should buy these back. Yeah. Like, so. But no, at the time they could. As you know, you know, they made Orko, they made the Sorceress, you know. Yeah. Uh, they, they made King Randor, which, I mean, you can argue about where exactly it came. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s, they could have made any of these into toys that they wanted to. Yeah, I, um, that is a good question because, like, I'm thinking about it and it felt like it was more uh, like Filmation had to bring things into the show that yeah. was a toy like Stridor, for instance. I remember yeah. that episode. And uh, they they brought him in, and it was like a one-off kind of a deal. Yeah. But all these other ones they were always using, and I don't I don't know. I, yeah. I'd be I'd be curious to hear the answer to that too because like I said, well I think I think as far as like because they basically use these ships throughout the whole series yeah and if you remember in the early toy waves Skeletor didn't really have any vehicles no it took him a while before they started releasing like Land Shark Rotan and all Spider, that Spider yeah which we did end up seeing Land Shark and Rotan in season two mm-hmm. here and there. Um, so I think probably the answer just is because when they were developing this series, Skeletor had no toy vehicles, so they had to come up with something for him. Probably. And so they came up with these, but like I said, it's just weird that Mattel never looked at these designs and went like, hey, that'd be a cool toy. Because mm-hmm. they would have been. Like, well, any of them would have been. It's it's funny, going going on a quick tangent, like when when the line was declining and the live-action movie was happening, yeah. Mattel was going into William Stout's offices and seeing the production artwork and going, this is going to be a great toy next year, and this is going to be great. And that mm-hmm. was part of the huge rift between him and Mattel because he was not hired to be a toy designer. He was hired right. to be the production designer for a movie, and they'd have to hire him on, and it wasn't he was just going to hand over all these ideas to them uh, without them paying him for that time as well. Mm-hmm. So... I think they learned their lesson after the fact, maybe. <laughs> and they're like, oh, crap, we should have been doing this all along. Well, now we yeah. got this live action movie. We can do that. And it's like, nope, you're not doing this unless you pay me. And then it's like, right. crap. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of screwed no matter what. But, yeah, it would have been interesting to find out why they never went there with some yeah. of Because, I mean, how cool would that would have been, you know, have it, like oh, you said, yeah. the two the two figures put them in there and there you go. And now yeah, Skeletor has the air. pops out. There's yeah. the action feature. Boom. You know, yep. the, co- the collector, I could see them doing some of those little claws there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have been firing off, probably. 
Oh yeah, that would that would have been like cool. the battle ram missile, you know that. Yeah, it, it's like oh god, cats and dogs all over the place are running for cover because they're the, there's the collector again. Yeah, those so. those <laughs> missiles back in the day too. Those used to shoot. I mean, mm-hmm. toy kids nowadays, you ain't got no idea those those toy missiles back in the day. Those things were fierce. <laughs> there's that battle a... <laughs> ram would shoot across the room. I mean, that was yep. There's a reason in toy in a Christmas story, the you'll shoot your <laughs> eye out resonated with our generation quite a lot, and it didn't even need a BB gun to do it. <laughs> All you needed was a good battle ram and a friend that might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, the longer. Yeah, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Uh, when I found a battle ram, it was complete with even the missile and all that at this yeah. uh, this local toy seller. And he just wanted 20 bucks. I'm like, dude, I will buy this for 20 bucks. It made me so happy to have a complete one again for the first time. And when I put it on the counter and I said I wanted to get it, I pushed the whole missile in just to make yeah. sure it didn't fall out. And when he took it, he grabbed it. He actually fired it off and it all just punched him right in the head. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And he just started laughing. And he's yeah. like, he's like, I just wasn't ready for that. But yeah, I guess you armed it before I was ready for yeah. it. It's like, no, yeah, that, that thing was fierce. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. God, it was vehicles like they used to. It was. But yeah, so so we got this awesome dog fight going on. They're mm-hmm. all, you know, uh, yeah. He Man takes out Trapjaw and takes over the Basher, and then he goes and takes out the Collector with the with the Ram of the Basher. Mm-hmm. He's got a good line there. It's uh, normally I don't approve of Skeletor's methods, but I have to admit they work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just man, it's great writing throughout this, and uh, and so then that just left basically. Uh, uh, the Rainbow Explorer versus uh, the Doom Buggy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skeletor's piling that, and, and we get our we get our, our loop back to the beginning here, where where the Rainbow Explorer is down below, and the Doom Buggy's up top, and it's firing down at her. And Tila, of course, is oh no, this is it. She's or the it's stuck now because they don't know it's Marlena, mm-hmm. and they do that that. Uh, well, the Immelman turn, where basically you just loop up and around and come up behind it, mm-hmm. um, and then and then like you said, uh, the Rainbow Explorer actually ends up saving the day by taking out Skeletor. Yep, and he crash lands, and and He Man comes up on him. You know, you've lost this time, Skeletor, and. Skeletor pulls the jetpack out and there it it flies is. away. <laughs> the Geico oh, commercial Geico. come to life, which I kept thinking for the longest time. The Geico thing was just over the top. Yeah. And then when I saw it watching this one today, I'm just I, like, son of a. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, the Geico commercial, it is what it is. I yeah. didn't take any offense to it or anything. But yeah, it was cheesy fun. But I'd actually forgotten that he actually used a jetpack like that. Like when it yeah. came up, there, I'm like, "Wait a minute!" That that actually gives me ha- it, it makes me have more cred for that commercial because they went to an episode and yeah. go, "Hey, he did that. We could do that on here. It'll be funny, you know, or whatever." Because it's such a stark moment in the episode, even where it's like there's no sign Skeletor has anything that he's gonna yeah, like run away like- with. Then out of nowhere, it just it, it's like it's like. 
Megatron just or, or Starscream just like yeah. grabs him and takes him out of there somehow because yeah. these wings emerge and you're like, where the crap did that come from? Like I said, for for all that I remember, I'd forgotten that he actually used a jetpack to escape in one of these episodes, and especially this one. I did the same thing when he did. I'm like, oh, what? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, oh, for the right, they got it right <laughs> for, the, for the amount of times that he just disappears. You know, yeah. that's the main thing to me. It's or like he just disappears, opens a portal, or he opens or, a portal or something. Yeah. But no, this time around, he just <laughs> I'll get you next time, gadget. You know, it's the <laughs> whole. <thing. laughs> uh, yeah, so he takes off. Uh, that's when that's when He Man gets to freeing everybody else and. Um, and the Rainbow Explorer lands, and that's when King Randor reveals, oh, don't you, you know, that it was Queen Marlene all along. And even Adam, well, He-Man, almost steps like up this. here. Because yeah. everyone, everyone's like, oh, Queen Marlena? And he goes, mother, uh, your majesty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've done and that a couple times, I think, but this was really good the way they did that. that so. This was probably the most, genuine feeling like mm-hmm. he the, once again you really just felt like at that moment he was adam like he forgot even what you know who he was at the moment that he was mm-hmm. in that he was powered up it was just like mom yeah <laughs> what are you, yeah you know but luckily he called himself at the moment but yeah it was that's the part that always gets me like you said like that's like like you just see even he's he-man but you just see him as adam you just see him as that boy He's a little boy again. He's seeing a little his boy mom. in that yeah. second, just like, huh? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I love that. It's it's very heartfelt. <clears throat> yeah, very genuine. Yeah, and then and then we uh, we get to go to uh, uh, like the whole time this is happening. Teal is doing like a play by play of the the piloting of oh, so the ama- you know the, for the piloted. yeah. yeah. And, She's doing this whole like you know play by play throughout the whole thing, and then when that moment happens, I, I just love that she's so in awe. And then at the end, it turns out, yeah, the woman that wanted to show you a couple things—that's right. the woman that just showed you she's badass. And I like <laughs> that. Then she's like, you know, she wants to take her up on learning. And then the next thing that you see is she did teach Tila. Yeah, and Tila—they're back at the at the jousting arena. Uh, fairground or arena or whatever, yep. and. And Tila's showing that she has learned this, uh, the Immaman movement uh, maneuver and all yep. that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that's, it, that's that moment that all the people say, this is what's, this is what it's worth. Well, like, mm-hmm. watch it for this. And you have, yep. you know, Tila's doing a great job showing this move off. Yep. And then it, Adam's like, mother, how come out of everybody you chose to, to break me out of the chains? And she just has she that, goes, well, you're my son. You know, if you have it word for word, then I've got it. Because yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to butcher the crap today. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just asked, you know, why, why, why was I the only one you broke out? And she goes, mm-hmm. Adam, a mother always knows her own son and what he is capable of doing. I've always been very proud of you, Adam. Yeah. That's, that part right there. <laughs> that's, that's why you check out that episode. Like I said earlier, 
That's yeah. what you hear about because you hear about them going. Well, do you know the episode where Marlena basically said that you know she knows Adam is He Man? You go, they didn't do that. And they go, no, Rainbow Warrior. And you're going, Rainbow Warrior, what? Yeah. And then you go check out this episode, and yes, that that's the payoff to the entire episode right there. Is that yeah. she's just without and and I like that she didn't just say it. Oh, she, I, yeah, she, yeah. She respects. She respects the secret. She knows that's the thing. That's she's telling him so much right there. Not only is she going like, "Oh, I knew you'd do the right thing. I know, I know what you're capable of. I know my son, Adam." Yeah, but she also is saying like, "And I get why you're keeping this from us. Mm-hmm. I get why you you have to do what you have to do. You have to keep your secrets, and I'm not going to bust you out. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm going to let you, when you're ready. You will let us know. But I, you know." I know. You know, it's like uh, there's so many layers in just a oh, yeah. simple sentence. And the delivery is is amazing here. Um, you know, with, with and uh, Linda Gary is voicing the character in this one because actually Queen Marlena is voiced by a couple different people depending on the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but Linda Gary ta- does it here. And, God, the, the heart and the warmth and, like I said, all these nuances she puts into every line in this episode, like... You really feel that this is a character. That's the big, uh, or or not a. You you feel like this is a real person. Like you can yeah. you can feel her whole story, her life, throughout just these simple words. But yeah, that's what always got me was, like I said, not even the fact that she's saying she knows his secret, but she's saying you know I understand why you're doing what you're doing and why you haven't told me why you why yeah. you can't tell me. You know exactly. Yeah, I. That that moment was when I when I referenced it for the fact that all the all those lists had that episode yeah. so much, but it, it's it's like that was such a great like bow on top of that episode for me. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing too that I like about it is you've seen Randor in the Prince Adam No More mm-hmm. episode, if I rem- if I'm saying the episode right there. And then you also have this one. It's like you can mm-hmm. see why he would be who he is then, because right. both sides, who you know, they 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 fought for their mm-hmm. causes, they fought for things, and they're they're brave and heroic and all that stuff. It's like he's got it on both sides. There's yeah, no way are, around it. You know, <laughs> these are two very strong parents. Yeah, uh, very smart, very strong, and, and and yeah, it's only fitting that they would have they would give birth to twins of power. Like, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. But yeah, it's 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 a great. Re- and the thing is, you don't you don't. I mean, we saw it coming because we knew that that was that's that's what everyone talks about about this episode. But even mm-hmm. so, this moment still hits you out of nowhere. It's like you know, because they could have just how many times have we seen it where where Adam just happens to get released or whatever? Like they could have left it at that. Mm-hmm. And for the fact that he wrote that on the end here. Again, is like taking Marlena to another level. Like she, even beyond Randor, because there, mm-hmm. there was never any hints that Randor has ever thought of anything more of Adam than what he than what Adam chooses to present. Sure, you know, and and it puts everything in a different light too. If you look at it this way, like you look at all those times that Marlena's interacted with He Man. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, think of that scene in Secret of the Sword where Marlena's breaking down crying and He-Man shows up and, and, you know, she's begging him to go save her daughter. 
you know, but actually yeah. you play that with which is actually she knows she's telling Adam, like, Adam, go get your sister, will you? Yeah. Like uh, but there's the strength of the woman in that scene, you know, especially that scene to, to keep up the charade, even when, you know, here she's lost her daughter again. Like, yeah, that those are the these are the two. Honestly, that secret of sword, that part of the episode uh, reunions is the name of the individual episode. And this one are like the Marlena episodes. Those are yeah. like you learn everything you need to know about Marlena right here. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, for me, this episode, it really, it reminds me of just being, uh, being a kid and my mom, you know, in that right. way. And, and it's like, that's, it, that whole mixture is potent as hell to me because my mom was the one to get me into half the stuff I loved growing mm-hmm. up, like Superman, uh, Spider-Man, He-Man. I mean, she didn't like get me into He-Man, but she she bought the toys enough that it got me into he she and enabled all that you. stuff. She enabled the heck out of me. <laughs> and, you know, the, there's something about, like, when, when I was a kid, I couldn't tell my dad anything. I, my dad and I were not the closest. He was, he was way older. He was in his mid-50s when I was born. Yeah. So, you know, he, he was part of the greatest generation and I was part of Generation X wanting to sit around <laughs> and play video games. So oh, he and I yeah. didn't have a lot to talk about. And it, there was always this unspoken, we didn't know what to say to each other. Right. But when, when it came to my mom, she and I were really close and all that stuff. So seeing this and seeing it play out on a character, especially like He-Man, yep. there, there's something that has so much more depth to this for me. And... You know, like I, the name, not the greatest name for an episode, no. just like the search to me is one of the worst <laughs> names I've ever heard for an episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just yep. is. But the actual good heartfelt moments in this are amazing. It, it just it, I, I and, you know, the yeah, the animation, you have your stock moments here and there. But for the most part. Yeah. You're getting to see some stuff where it's making your mind paint the picture that maybe the animation couldn't in that time. And it's making you just cheer on Marlena even more when she's like in the skies fighting there at Snake Mountain and all (laughs) that. I mean, they have the one moment in there that I I really like, too, where two of the robot knights are tailing her and she turns on her afterburners and blows them up. And it's like this is awesome. You know, like she, she's got eyes all over and mm-hmm. she's, it's like, that's why she's the lead. Cause all the other guys, they're just like, you know, fighter yeah. to fighter doing the best they can. She's just going in there and just cleaning house. And the other thing that, that like really gets me is, um, during the fight, she saves some of the Royal guardsmen and oh, the yeah. one, the guy, he's the one that delivered the news to her. Yeah, so when she kind of. saves him, he actually salutes her, and I got like misty eyed with that. Oh, I'm like, that's awesome. And then, and then, um, yep. when everybody's saved at the end, they have that flyover moment. Yeah, and it's like you know, and they're all just like, wow. You know, I mean, yeah, whoo. Uh, it's like I'm I'm having a moment just remembering it, but yeah. Yeah, so no, anyway, this is this is my choked up episode trying to even explain this stuff. Right no, now. it's it, it's great. Like I said, it's, it's oh. a heartfelt story. It's it's an action packed one, you know, as action packed as filmation ever gets. And it's yeah, there's a stock animation, but it's done so well you don't even notice it. You don't, Basically. you know. I mean, or even if you notice it, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
the there's the 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 henchmen are played for laughs, but you're laughing along with them. Like well, the other thing about yeah. that too, the henchmen part is yeah. I almost get this vibe like Trapjaw and Beastman are just done. You yeah. know, that's the other thing I like. <laughs> like for all of the pompousness and for all of the Skeletor's got the newest plan, they even know deep down. We're going to get our asses kicked again. <laughs> why? You know, like, th- th- that's why I love when he finds out what they're doing. Oh, we're, we're watching the jousting tournament. It's like, these guys just, it, it reminds me of, like, you know, <laughs> the, guys work their asses off all through the week, and at the end of the week, they want to watch a football game and have a yeah. beer. That's basically what he did. And he did it to them on the day where they're just like, we just want to watch jousting. Can you leave us alone for a couple hours? <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's just, it, it's... Uh, the whole the whole episode for me put things on a relatable level Absolutely. for especially being an adult trapped on beastman just wanting to watch something get get away from reality for a bit because skeletor's like, nobody's paying attention to me it's like well yeah you're being a dick you know like you're, every every idea you have <laughs> fails why would we run it want to do this and then the whole you know mother son thing with um yeah. Yep. With Marlena and Adam and He Man and everything, oh, and, and and the other the other moment too, which um, I thought was a really really cool thing, and it's it's such an underplayed moment, mm-hmm. is the way Randor talks about her. That's oh, yeah. one of those things where the chemistry shows through even there because you have this this awe in him watching her, and yep. you have this kind of. I know someone who can do, you know, and it's like, there's never one moment at all where there's this vibe of the queen can't do this because she's a woman or because she's a girl. There's always this feeling of, he looks at her, except from (laughs) Tila. Tila wouldn't believe it because she's been fighting uphill all her life with all these other guys doing this stuff. So I kind of like that. She doesn't believe it because she feels like she's the front runner. She's the one who's like, yes. Yeah. (laughs) And and I like that there's this whole thing with Randor watching this stuff and like he's just got this kind of like that's my girl, you know, like mm-hmm. and that, that that's just great too. And Lou Scheimer doing the voice for him. There is this this depth that I don't hear in other episodes. No. And, and even like when they first meet in that flashback, mm-hmm. there's something in that way, there's this you can tell oh, he looks at her. Yeah, it's that whole from the moment they saw each other. And it's like, you know, yeah, he rescued her. It's the typical, you know, the guy rescuing the girl. But there's definitely this when they start talking, there is this feeling there. And it yeah. just works. Yeah, and I like the I like the, the younger designs of them. They, yeah, uh, I did too. They, they really look good. They look. I mean, it's, it's not huge departures, but just the little details on them that just the the de-aging it's uh you really it's it's like when you see the young pictures of your mom and dad you're like well yeah they i can tell it's them but it doesn't really look like them at all at the same time well you know the, the, what i like too is when you see the designs of her younger and him younger in that flashback mm-hmm. you could see adam oh, if yeah. you look at the two of them but to it, but if you look at them separately you wouldn't notice that they'd be adam's parents yet right and I like that quite a lot because that shows they made them both individual looking compared to because if you look at Randor, you could almost go, well, that's He-Man with a mustache and beard and yeah. he just has a different hair color. But when you see him as a younger man, no, 
that's not Adam. That's actually you can tell that's Randy. Yeah, they're just a little. That's bit a really just a little bit of a tweak to go. Nope, that's his own character. So. Exactly. Oh. You're eating this up because I'm giving so many kudos to this episode after oh, being the it's, the, it's the Scrooge of filmation. I don't think we've hit a filmation episode yet where you're just like, oh man, this stinks I, so. I know there's some out there because I've seen them, but oh, we are. haven't gone there yet. There, and you there actually, there's some you I don't let care me. for. <laughs> I actually threw one out there one day when we were like, well, what one should we do next? And I go, let's do this. But you're like, we're not doing that yet. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Man, yeah. I'm going to have a field day when we do that one. But we're, we're definitely getting into the good ones. And yep. the thing is, like, you know, there's still a lot. Like, we haven't even touched some talking. of the, like, the pinnacle ones even yet. So well, that's, that's the best thing. And that's been our point. You know, we've been trying to do, we've been trying to bring some love to these underappreciated, these under-talked about ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but today for episode 10, we thought, let's talk about one of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Because this one does get a fair amount of credit. Even if people don't remember the episode, they go, well, the one where... Marlena hints that there she knows the secret, um, which is actually kind of interesting here because you know the first thing I usually do after watching the episode is checking out the James E. Talk guide, just so I can I can refresh my memory of any behind the scenes stuff. And it actually says in here that this episode is one of two that imply that Queen Marlena knows of Prince Adam's secret identity. And the other episode where she hints at that is the Energy Beast, oh. which I have not watched in a long time because, frankly, I've never been too impressed with that episode. <laughs> and I honestly, I cannot, I cannot recall what she does in that episode that implies it. So, but now I've got to go check out the Energy Beast All right. and refresh my memory because Sean especially knows how much I hate it when I can't remember something. Oh, it's it, this is your kryptonite. Oh, when you don't know something, it just makes you crazy. I, I, I know. I've got to find <laughs> out. So, so yes, this episode is one of two that imply. So this one does get a bit of buzz because it's the one, the the this is the good episode. I'll say mm. that implies <laughs> the other side of the coin the is next. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so it's 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 a solid episode. You know what? I I've, I've been. Flipping back and forth all day long about where I'm rating this, and I'm just going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Ten. Ten out of ten. I cannot, even with, okay, the one thing I could improve is the name of the episode, but I can't even come up with a better one. So, Hmm. you know what? I don't care. This episode is perfection. I'm going to give it, this is my first episode that I'm going to give a 10 out of 10. And there's not many that I will give a 10 out of 10. I'm telling you, this is not something I throw around Mm. lightly. I was bouncing back and forth between 9 and 10. I was even thinking about going 9 and a half. But you know (laughs) what? Watching it again an hour ago, two hours, whenever I watched it, 10 out of 10. That's my final answer. I, I, see, that's the thing. I'm going back and forth still about it. (laughs) I, I, okay, I'm going to say, oh man, this is hard. Cause like, I'm thinking of like, what, what was the moment in it that I really felt was weak? Yeah. And I don't, the, the only thing I could think that was weak was the plan. 
that Skeletor had. It wasn't the greatest plan because, like I said, he's dealing with robot yeah. knights and his henchmen. Yeah. He goes and tries to take over somebody else, and they're going to be like, Skeletor's jerks. Who said that? You know, he's going to yeah. be that guy. So no, there's an a- element of that, but... Uh, when you when you look past that, you just see the actual story play out. Yeah, you actually watch the episode. Like all the, every scene gives you something. Every scene yeah. delivers. And so it, that's it, what finally swayed me. But there's no wrong it, answer here. No, no, no. But <laughs> as, as much as I don't want to, I, I don't want to double up. But I have never seen an episode of Filmation that made me cry until this one. Yeah. So ten out of ten on that because man, did there they hit me is. hard. Like that that whole. Like her being in the lead and all of that stuff, it's like in knowing who it is that's the one that's going in to save the day. Absolutely. That gets me every damn time. And I, I, I'm trying to think of why I would get that choked up about it. I don't even know. It's mostly – I think it's the parent thing at, at this point in my life. It's the whole – she's going in there because her whole family's in danger and it's – you know the chips are down and she's just bringing everybody with her and it's like – that for me is some powerful storytelling for that. And it's the rare filmation episode that pairs the, the heart of filmation with some legit action. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and, and like I said, the animation was on point through this whole episode. Mm -hmm. You know, usually there's at least a couple scenes where you, it's kind of sloppy, a little weak, what a little off model. Not this one, man. I mean, them struggling in the chains, Adam struggling in the chains. That is some animation there. Uh, yeah. They pull out uh, a rarely used uh, uh, unsheathing of the power sword for when he finally does transform. I mean, they pulled out all the stops with this. Yeah, they they gave him the by the power of Grayskull, I command the jawbridge open for the transformation and that yeah. more, which I was like impressive because there's not many times they diverge from that. But there are yeah. a handful that I could think of where I'm like, yeah, that's a different transformation. And uh, I mean... I would have never figured a 10 out of 10 episode for me with Filmation would have hardly any transformation sequence. Yeah. But here it is. This is the one that broke yeah. through the mold there completely because it's like that was one of the few times I've ever watched the show and that he wants to transform. I'm like, I could give a crap less. Everything else is awesome already. Like, this yeah, is amazing. No, it's, it's the little smirk on Adam's face when, he, go, when he goes to transfer. I, I mean, love that. Yeah. Uh, even he, they didn't even have to say it, but like Orko tries to use his magic on the chains, and they kind of glow like they're repelling the magic, and they mm-hmm. didn't even have to sit there and like dictate to you like, oh yeah, they're magic proof, which they normally would have. It's just like you see Orko try and fail, and it's like okay, you mm-hmm. know, it's just I don't know. There's just all the characters are their utmost best. It's w- very well written, and it just it delivers it all. One yes. other thing that makes it even a ten out of ten is the moral. We oh, didn't even yes. touch on I that. D- I did want to bring that up, too, because, yep, go ahead, take the, it. I know the what you're moral of this episode isn't preachy. The it moral does. of this episode is, I love that it, it counters back, it comes all the way mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. to the Tila and Queen Marlena moment in the beginning of the episode, and it's the two of them talking and Marlena yeah. basically saying to her, just because I'm an older person and I'm a mom and all that stuff doesn't mean that I wasn't young once and I don't understand how you feel and I didn't do some crazy stuff back in those days yeah. either. And I, you know, like I, I loved that that was one of the best morals I've ever seen on the series because mm-hmm. it wasn't just them doing don't do drugs or brush yeah. your teeth or whatever. They, it was your parents were human too. They you didn't know? even and, talk. They didn't even talk to you. 
No, they, they, it was just the two of them having a nice little moment. Them. It yes. was not them standing there going, in today's story, we... Yes, no, and I love just, that. It was just another scene. For a second there, I, I, I was even kind of like, wait, is this enough? And then the credits came up, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that was the moral. Mm-hmm. Like, because it is. It's just them talking back and forth, and she goes... Tila goes, you know, I'd love, I'd love if you would teach me how to fly. Uh, she calls it just the rainbow there. Yeah. Uh, and and Queen Marlena goes, well, only if you'll teach me how to fly a sky sled, you know. And Which I want to see it's that like episode. <laughs> I want to see Marlena on the sky sled going nuts, and like <laughs> that would have been awesome too. But, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a well done moral. It doesn't preach. They don't even talk to you. It just you, no. you're, it's it's an extra scene. Bob, mm-hmm. Bob just squeezed down extra scene on filmation, and they're like, okay. And, but, but, and, but it gets the point across at the same time. It does. It, it's, it does a beautiful job of doing the opposite of what everybody thinks of those, those uh, morals. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes me go like, if they would do that uh, yeah. more often on those morals, I think people might have – digested them easier because it's it's basically it's like it reminds me of like an ends credits moment at the end of a marvel movie because it added to what you already just saw yeah versus here's orko telling you don't don't run away from home kids it's not a good idea you know i mean and yeah i mean this this whole i can't oh my god like i'm i'm starting to rant about it in in like a good way but it's like yeah there's nothing about this episode that the the only things I could think of are things that were limitations of the time that now it would be fun to see an updated version like the dog fight at, yeah. at Snake Mountain. But even then, they did an amazing job oh. for what they could do back in it those worked. days. It worked. It worked in did. that episode. You do not feel that that fight is lacking at all when you're watching it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I debated yeah. back and forth because I was really hesitant to give out a perfect grade this early. But you know what? It earned it. Yeah, it absolutely it, it, did. It, this this episode, like, the, it, poor poor Matt knows the one yeah. that I always go back to is House of Shakoti because that one was the absolutely. most affecting for me as a kid. Like, it scared me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The idea of you're fighting the creatures of the night and you're a kid in this dark temple, and all you want to do is get home again. You know, there absolutely. there's something about that. Plus. The, the history of Shakodi, the history, it, it's that whole, there's so many levels to that episode that when we get to that one, we might have to do a two-parter just because <laughs> oh, I'll have absolutely. way too much to talk about. But, but like, when I look at, that story is one of my favorites, but it's like, this is one of those undiscovered gems that isn't like, that's why it surprised me how many top five lists or top ten lists this was on. Because mm-hmm. I, you would think, oh, Diamond Ray of Disappearance is going to be on there. Dragon's sure. Gift, Tila's yeah. Quest, all of the typical ones that you associate. And then here all of a sudden it's like Rainbow Warrior. And then when you watch it, you're like, where have you been all my life? Like, th- <laughs> this is this yeah. is truly goodness served up on a plate. It's just that simple. So, Absolutely. So, uh, and I'm glad we got to cover it earlier than later because – this this does warm my heart enough that I'm probably going to have a curve on how I grade filmation from here on. Because I'm like, but they gave us Rainbow Warrior. <laughs> that'll be my answer to most things. Rainbow Warrior. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a perfect episode. Like I said, if you never checked it out, check it out. If you it's been a while, check it out again because it only gets better the older you get. So. Um, I do want to take one moment here. I meant to do this at the top of the episode, but I forgot. 
Uh, so we're going to do it now. Uh, I did want to say in our last episode, we, you know, we came up with the, we had the story discussions. Ah, uh, yes. Sean had used uh, a character called the All-Father um, that he had learned about, excuse me, off the uh, He-Man.org forums. And we were reached out to by Daniel Galerta, who had, works on the bios now. And uh, she just wanted to set the the record straight that the name All Father was come up with that was a name created by Eric Marshall, who was given to a German comic book character. So um, there's there was a German comic involved in that story, like Sean said about these spirits from another world. But they weren't actually named. And then when Eric was creating some stuff with him, he he named the lead one All Father, uh, because he obviously looks a lot like Odin. Yes. So yes. But that isn't actually an official name. But I just want to throw it out there. And if you're looking for it, like I was in the character guide and world compendium, look for uh, Anti World Spirits because that is the group that these guys came from. Um, and Eric just took them a step farther. And then Sean took him a step farther. Because well, that's what we love about Masters is that they can always <laughs> go a step farther. Uh, so thank you, Danielle, for correct for well not not really correcting us, but letting us know about the backstory on that. Basically, this is the moral of this episode. In today's episode, we learn that Sean just takes random things from the internet and runs with them. Yeah. So if you want actual factoids Talk to either Danielle or Matthew. Until next time. (laughs) And Eric Marshall. Don't forget. And Eric Marshall. That's a lot of great work on the bios, but (laughs) but that's what we were talking about. It's like, and and that's what our whole last episode was about is just the depth of this world. Yes. Everyone just kind of, you know, through no fault of their own. I mean, I know there's, it's, you know, there's no new media really besides a comic book series that may or may not end this month. Depending on what's going on with Diamond, but uh, probably digital though it'll be on there. I'm guessing. I was uh, Comicsology. I'm guessing will still. Yeah, have are they it. still releasing the new issues, or is it like uh, a complete stop? Because I, I know. I don't think they'd have anything to do with the digitals being okay. not released. I think it's the comic companies have kind of. They've actually yeah. told a decent amount of their writers and creators. Uh, that they were kind of closing down books for the time being to figure stuff out. But I'd imagine like this book should have been done. So it wouldn't right. surprise me if it gets released yeah, the I same just, time, but it'll just be digital for the yeah, time. Yeah, I didn't know if there guessing. was any, I don't follow any other comic series regularly, but I know my, my local shops have not gotten anything for the last two weeks. And they said that they're not getting anything probably for another month. They're thinking, yeah, um, but I didn't know how that affected it. If they would hold the digitals because the prints can't go out or what, I don't. We I, shall see because I, I think it comes out near my wife's birthday this month. So if it ends up being out there, I'll check it out. Yeah. And it should be either our grand next finale week or the week after. So yeah, my my wife's birthday is the eighteenth. So I figured because mm-hmm. the last one came out on my daughter's birthday on the eighteenth too. Because yeah. the eighteenth is just that number for our family apparently. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But anyways, but yeah, but what I was saying is, is it's just like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like there is Definitely. so much depth here. There is so much stuff to pull from, um, and and that's why we're here. That's why we started Legends of Grey School, just to kind of 
talk about some of the stuff that, you know, people aren't really talking about anymore. So hopefully we can get some good discussion going and just get people to check out some episodes or some comic series or something that they haven't given a chance to in a while. True. And, and the other thing, too, with those story episodes like we do, we just want to have fun. You know, oh, that's absolutely. the main thing. And it's fun to do that stuff. And that's kind of uh, for us. That's that's like our contribution to, hey, we're not just going to talk about the news. We're not just going to talk about all the other stuff everybody else can cover. We're going to have a little more creativity in what we do with mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's come up with a story that what, what's Cyclone doing this month or, right. you know, what's Fisto doing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in that way, like for the most part, we try our best to put the correct stuff in there, but that stuff's always going to have a, a tinge of creators license with the oh, way absolutely. we handle it like that. So don't absolutely. come to us expecting, that stuff to be perfect. It probably won't mesh up exactly, but it'll be fun to listen to at least. That's so, it. You know, it's all about creativity. That's all those are. Those discussion episodes are all about creativity. So, but we got, we got some good feedback on them. Like I said, I just want to thank Danielle for, for setting the record straight as far as all father and explaining why I couldn't find it in my compendium. So, um, the other thing is, I know I said I was going to draw the winners of the Funko Pops today. Um, I was thinking about it, and I think that that is something I would probably go over better if I were to do it live. Um, so I won't be doing that at this moment. Uh, this episode will release on Thursday. So probably look for me Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I'll go live on the YouTube page and I'll, I'll do it up that way, you know, just to try and avoid any, any thoughts that we may have rigged it or anything. Not that we would do that. This is all good fun. Well, that also gives people a couple more days to subscribe. So yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. It gives you a couple more days. Yep. Share, subscribe. So you're entered in. So I'll, I'll put whoever's there that day that I draw as a subscriber, I'll do it. So you got a couple more days if you're just listening this Thursday or Friday. Um, also ring that bell so you'll get notified when I do go live and you can watch me pick your name at the time. There you go. Um, go ahead and check out, uh, well, since you brought them up earlier, Roast Google Dinner. I'm going to go put a link down below <laughs> to them. They're another great podcast. Uh, check out Daniel and Eric's uh, bio work. They do some great stuff. Uh, check out Sean's October Sun Facebook art page. He hasn't updated it recently, but it's he's got good stuff coming. We've been talking about some stuff. So yeah, it's he'll get it's there. a it's a grind lately at it's work right now. So <laughs> work's got to come uh, first. We all understand. Yeah, unfortunately, he's still got some great back stuff on there. So go check that out. Uh, check out our Legends of Grayskull Facebook page. We have some fun there. Uh, we talk about some stuff. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know what you think, how we're doing, how much we've got it wrong. We love it. Yeah. Um, Sean, you got anything? Um, let me think here. The, uh, not too much. I mean, it, like, uh, I'm also on uh, Council of the First Ones. I want to cross-promote because I've been doing that on there as well for us. Uh, we we just had a pretty big interview over the weekend. I'm not going to say who it was, but it is definitely going to be an interesting listen. You'll see why I say that when you listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I look forward to hearing it. Beyond that, I uh, can't think of too much else, to be honest. I 
I, I will I will be that guy though, and I will say that my Facebook let me know that somebody has a major event happening tomorrow. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so if if you want to go on and wish Matthew over here a happy birthday tomorrow. <laughs> And that'll oh, be April 9th. That is that will make be his day premieres. So say say happy birthday. Let him know that you love him. Let him know that you like the podcast. That'll make his birthday <laughs> even better. If you want to go on there and give us some good, good Darn feedback, that Facebook. it's not supposed to show that stuff until the day of. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 42 this year. What are you talking about? Yeah. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> All right. So but that, anyway, that yeah. Part, so that would that be part will be edited out of here. So, <laughs> oh well, thank you, and thank you to all our listeners who have made this so wonderful. Uh, we look forward to, to entertaining you every week. Uh, it's been a blast so far. Uh, like I said, like, share, subscribe, stay up to date on all the current news, and until next time. Until next time.